Welcome, Seeker. You have found the obelisk. is the key. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to The Obelisk, our brand new show. I'd like to introduce Nish. Everyone should know her by now. Hey, Nish. Hello, Jerry. Hello, everyone listening. And this is very auspicious tonight. I'm thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Just, and nervous, Jer. I mean, to, me too. I don't even know. It's like, uh, okay. We'll see. It'll go okay. Next time, we'll be better. Every time's better, and it's great we have our old friend and friend of the show, Raw, on to kick it with us. Kicking it off. He's muted. Yeah, Raw, Raw, can, Raw will be very vocal, I'm sure, in a few. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it is, it's great that we are starting this with Raw. So. Yeah. So this is our new show. Um, basically, we've got a short outline for the first maybe 15 minutes we're going to chit chat what we're doing now and then we're we've got some news items from since the last full moon there's some crazy shit that's happened and then we'll bring on Ron. we're going to talk about artificial intelligence tonight he's doing a lot of research on uh, what do you call spiritual technology and and obelisks actually which was kind of a synchronicity because i didn't know that when i invited him so it should be pretty interesting yeah, it's fun. And, I, you know, as always with all these things, even with Nox Mente, it'll evolve and find its flow. So yeah, absolutely. It's 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 good. And, and, and it, won't, so, it won't take a year this time. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, it's great that Nox Mente did, though, because because look at it, Cher. I yeah. mean, it's our baby. It was, a, it was an alchemical <laughs> thing. We kind of you know, blackened it all the way down to where we could cope. <laughs> I know. You're my favorite, Jer. I'm glad we got a new show going. You're Although right. we have talked about the obelisk for this has been in the works and under different guises for months, maybe a year now. Over a year. It's been about 18 months since we, I came up with it. Our, the original plan for the show was to make a uh, like a three-part. Every month we'd have three parts that focused on one topic, but from different aspects. So we would look at the the esoteric side, the exoteric side, and maybe the, the logical brain side of things. Um, and pick a topic like money and just have a guest in each spot to talk about that aspect of that thing, whatever, like money. Uh, one of the ideas I had was for you know, the, the uh, topic of empire. And we have like Walter Bosley come on and talk about empire from, a, from an exoteric perspective and we could have well so oh neil neil uh what's that guy's name when jason louv was on that jason louv was the third one right talking about empire of the angels like a heavenly so anyway that was like way too much work (laughs) yeah well initially i i wanted to start another show that involved 
call-ins and stuff. And then you, as you usually do, got so over-involved and created this whole outline and it looks so good on paper. And I don't know how many hours you must have spent. Uh, but that, it got, it got too complex. It, it just got out of hand. Yeah. I mean, the way it is now with Nox Mente, we, rec we record it on YouTube. I download the video. I strip off the audio and I post it up to, to the podcast. <laughs> so that's about it. There's not much editing. But that show was going to require editing and we were going to have to clip parts up because it was going to be a Patreon show. We'd have parts uh, on, on YouTube and then the rest would be behind a paywall, which we're not thrilled this, with. So. Yeah, and that's really not our thing. So, <clears throat> I mean, this is great because we are now able to get super chats and all that. And, you know, we do have a Patreon, but it's not our thing to have paywalls where information's I mean, just, involved. Yeah. We are all for the democratization of information. Yeah, well, Jerry and I are very open source, so it just is kind of ethically not our thing. Not that it's a, it's not a problem with anyone else. It's just not our thing. Mm -hmm. So, which is why we haven't made any money so far. But that was never our goal. Yeah, never. <clears throat> well, and for the purity of it all, it, it it stands up. So, that's good. And then another thing that I was thinking, we're kind of bringing everyone along with a little bit of our first initial brainstorming here as well, is I kind of want to stay away from stuff that'll get us in trouble on the new YouTube. So like the general political stuff, but we want all the news of the weird. We want to cover the weird. And if it overlaps into that stuff, then that's fine. But I think we should steer clear of, of the censors. But we're not going to self-censor. We'll right, we're, we're not self-censoring. No, 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 none of that. That's against who we are too. I'm just saying, as much as possible, to not lag the demons, since we just are just now partners. You know, like we're just now able to look like halfway respectable. <laughs> like that matters, but right, it's all good. Anyway. Uh... We did want to mention that since the last full moon, there have been two deaths in the community, Tracy Twyman and Rosemary Guiley. Yeah. So our yeah. condolences out to them. Yes, two uh, big hitters. And I got some news for you. All right, bring it on. <laughs> so the TTSA guys have come out, and uh, they've reportedly come out with the fact that they come from an advanced aerospace vehicle of unknown origin in a recent press release. That's pretty interesting. They don't, they don't go on to say anything about it being alien, quote-unquote alien, from space. But all this information is coming out of the Lockheed Skunk Works, and we all know how much we can trust them. Do you think, Jerry, with this continuing flow of kind of space stuff that's trickling out of, of official and I, I've got air quotes going here people official sources is uh I mean this is just another piece that's leading somewhere maybe don't you think I, I mean this seems strategic to me yeah and I my personal opinion is that it's leading people away from the subject the real truth of it and you think that is? 
not physical, not nuts and bolts like these people do. Yes. And if they do truly have some kind of vehicle and metamaterial or whatever, and Bob Lazar even could be part of this, if he had really seen some vehicle that they had found, it could very well could have been from a prior civilization. It's not, you know, the, the jump from, <laughs> from spaceship to space is from, you know, whatever vehicle to space alien is kind of a far jump. But, you know, science tells us that we came from cavemen, so people don't think that anything existed before that. But there's still that idea of the collective agreement that this is extremely, the space is what the narrative is yeah, yeah, yeah. installed. And so there's so much collective stuff going on with it, with agreement that it's a physical, that's very physical, and that this, although, with sci-fi and a lot of the, these conversations that we're having and a lot of our friends are having, the interdimensional aspect is opening up for the public. And I think more people that were not open to it are becoming open to it. And of course, it's getting seeded in and through institutions like Hollywood and memes and all these, you know, means of putting it out there in plain sight. Right, right. And, and the other thing that I see with specifically TTSA and uh, the guy Elizondo is that they're, they seem to be more of an entertainment company than a science and research facility. They, they are uh, promoting things that, that unidentified show on the Discovery Channel or History Channel. It's on the History Channel. <clears throat> so Elizondo's promoting that show. It just seems like... And with Tom DeLong at the head of the company as CEO, it's just like, mm -hmm. it's poised to be a good media company. Yes, of course. With CIA well, employees. Yeah. It's a mill. It's definitely from the mill. And I think that at, at worst and at best, actually, this might be a zero point sum here. We know what to expect from the mill. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm open. I, you know, I, I, my first thought, though, like I said, is that it's it's human tech, just not from current cycle. Yeah. Well, I say with all of this, though, whatever is being so slowly teased out to us, or whatever whatever this all is, bring it on. I th I feel like there are enough of us ready to even hear crazy. To, to have our paradigms absolutely rocked. I think this teetering on the edge of what if and, you know, waiting on little papers released here and this trail over here, I think a lot of us just want, just come on, part the curtain. That's the thing is that <laughs> I, I think that's the extent of the government's knowledge, at least official, on this stuff. The, I don't think there's un, unclassified documents with alien autopsies and stuff. I really don't think there are. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? And that's the thing. But if there are, I think we can handle it. I think, you know, there's, it's we've been so seeded with the Hollywood mill of all that. Absolutely, people could handle it. I don't think that paradigm exists anymore. The, uh, the War of the Worlds, Orson Welles radio show paradigm. That, that, you know. Which was a test. Of course, but, <laughs> but even in the 50s, you know, you hear the stories that they couldn't tell the public because they'd go crazy 
you know, we're not that Christian family, nuclear family anymore. Well, and even so with that said, there, I mean, think about all the Christians we've had on Nox Mente that are completely into the woo and open to it. And so I think the modern age of Christianity, barring the Luddites and uh, some, and of course, barring the ones that at the core, there are UFO, there's UFO mythos like Scientology and all that. Uh, uh, I think most Christians I know think something else is going on too. You know, most Christians I know are moderate people. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, actually, I don't, know I don't think I would attract anyone that was extreme in in religious views. I think I kind of represent everything that I think they think is wrong. Unless they were so, some kind of massacres. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Next story. I got this story I found go- that uh, Zach Baggins of Ghost Adventures, you know Zach. Yes. He bought the Manson family murder house. I think it was Sharon Tate's house, right? I thought so, that was taken down, the La Bianca Yeah, house. La Bianca house, right. So, that was burned down. Uh, no, apparently he bought it in J- July. So the Los Angeles home where followers of cult leader Charles Manson slaughtered two innocent people in the hopes of Inciting a race war was purchased recently by reality TV star Zach Baggins for $1.98 million. Jerry, do a little search and see if the LaBianca house was burned down and replaced. Because I, I feel like that maybe I'm getting Mandela affected here, people. <laughs> because I remember it, it being torn down or burned down or something. And I know the property is obviously still there. Is anything coming up? No. So the actual house is still standing. I'm having one of those Mandela effect moments. <laughs> for real. This is for real. I have this it's I have this moment where I recall the fact that I thought it was somehow not there anymore. And I had and, and what's specific about this moment is I had kind of mixed emotions about it because I thought oh, I can understand that. At the same time, I think it's a piece of history, and when we tear stuff down, I I get a little lamentful towards that. So interesting, interesting that he bought that house. Then in it this is, it is timeline. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I'll have to find it. See if another another house burned down. But I do have another fire. Uh, story here. I think Trent Reznor bought the the Sharon Tate house. Now that one did get replaced, right? I don't know. I'll look in a second. He bought it for for that one uh, Downward Spiral album. He recorded it in the Sharon Tate house. Yeah, and I think that that recently somehow how did that? And I, I thought for some reason they were renting that Roman and Sharon Tate. And yeah, so by the way, right it was there. just the uh, anniversary of of all this, too. And this was yeah. demolished. That house was demolished. Okay, so maybe I'm confusing the Tate, mm-hmm. the actual Tate house with the La Bianca house. Perhaps you are. But speaking of fires, the uh, Boleskine house. In, yes. Oh, in my Scotland God, I've been mourning over it. Burned to the ground. <laughs> It was a criminal act of vandalism, and this is just weeks after they announced uh, that they were going to restore it. 
Oh, it's terrible. I just don't even like seeing an old house. And that was an old house. I don't like seeing old houses go. And then when you start having this kind of rich history with Crowley and Paige and, you know, everyone that meandered through there, what a tragedy. We have this was a good one. A mysterious TV headed stranger recently delivered dozens of old television sets door to door in the dead of the night to the residents of Henrico, Virginia. Oh, and so we're all familiar with the meat, the pop art with the guy with the TV as a head, right? I mean, it's classic. So the fact that this is news, that some guy did this, is, I think, kind of genius. Could be a woman. It, don't, I just don't wonder use what the synchronicities pronouns. are. Why those specific point of privilege? Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, it could be a female. Who knows? So, why they did this? There you go. So not pretty crazy. All right. Oh yeah, this was the other one I saw. So on in August. Some people reported seeing a pterosaurus, a pterosaur flying in Arkansas. And I even saw a video on YouTube of this thing or a picture. I don't remember what it was. But uh, the Singular 14 Society received a report recently from a witness, Dinah, who said she and her family had seen a pterosaur similar to the reported, in, similar to that reported in Wheaton, Illinois earlier this year. There was another one. So there's a couple of them flying around. They saw the creature just outside of Pine Bluff, Arkansas, in February 2017. So it's pretty wild. You know, with some of these sightings, I can't help but think of uh, the, the. Uh, I mean, this is fascinating, and it, it, it just, I can't help but think of, what's the island, the, the Moreau, the Real Monroe Island? Uh, Dr. Moreau. Yeah, Dr. Moreau, but what is that? island that's like that here that where all the weirdness has gone on epstein there. island is that it no on the coast on the east coast no epstein island you're <laughs> hilarious no on the coast where they did the ticks oh plum and, plum island yeah and and so all this stuff because i saw that did you see the news story about the monkey embryo that's not far from me that area the monkey, the monkey human embryo right raw oh. you're right out there by oh, the chinese scientist one yeah they have Hearts Island out there. It's pretty crazy. Potter's Field, too. It's, it's, it's a weird area out there. This is the video. Oh, the, all the Montauk stuff. Here's the yeah, video, oh, guys. That's Long Island. Yeah, Montauk's out there. Close to, to it. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff out there. Yeah, we could talk about that another time. That video is significant. You should put that in the... I did. I'm sure you did. Yeah, it's interesting with this pterodactyl-like thing. But, you know, in Illinois, when I lived there for all those years, there was always this mythos, and I think it's probably made the the circuits of the um, Thunderbird. Yeah, there's a lot of sightings like this in Puerto Rico, too. That's just, that's this is what I love about Puerto Rico, and not only Puerto Rico. Oh, rainforest. But um, down in Mexico and stuff, like all this, the in general, they're – People down in these areas aren't told that any of this is woo-woo. They're open to it. Yeah. And so there it's in the it's 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 not like a taboo. And so there's a normalcy with this strange. That's all the good story. 
Right. Well, and then the whole, you know, just adding again and reiterating again that the monkey human thing in China. And of course, the story of the U.S. was not willing, Russia wasn't willing, China was willing, and then got had ethical concerns and killed it, which I think is bollocks. They're telling us, you know, you just know, you know, it's probably done. <laughs> and so, oh, the, the Jurassic Park. So, no, the the monkey human. Oh yeah, I was thinking back. I'm still thinking about the pterosaur because. I was trying to remember if or how long after uh, Jurassic Park came out that Michael Crichton died. <laughs> it wasn't long. Hello. Hello. I was thinking you had that day. I was trying to ponder that. But, you know, this is interesting. Bras out there on the East Coast. And so one of the things that is hitting the the news is big time is the tick story. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like I'm having like this massive flea problem the last two years. I can't get flea free here. I've done every kind of vet flea meds for my animals here and all that stuff costs a fortune. It's just incredible. And every time I'm in to get them, there is a barrage of people coming in saying this flea stuff's not working. It's super expensive or our, our animals are allergic to it. What's going on? And so for me with a small cottage of animals, I feel like and then with this release of information with the tick and we know the backstory on Lyme disease, I feel like the fleas somehow have been weaponized. They're not the same. I've always, I've never had a flea problem, first of all. And if there was a flea problem, I was able to get ahead of it naturally with diatomaceous earth and salts. And, but and why, why can't fleas evolve and adapt to the... Well, they can. And that was my first thought. But then in this time period, we start hearing this meme of weaponized ticks. And we already know about the mosquitoes, right? And so it just makes sense. And the thing is, if I had not, you know, because I go to the vet and I try to deal with this that way, uh, I'm, I'm in there and people are coming in really irate. So every time I've been in there, it's just been several people coming in saying, this stuff's not working and it's expensive. It's a, and to do my animals, like $300 a month, it's crazy. So. Uh, I don't know what to, and I can't, this is the first year I've not, I've not been able to get on top of it. These fleas are weaponized. I think Jared. Hmm. Yeah. Could be, could be. I don't know. I've lost the YouTube page. I wonder, and I'm wondering anyone out there listening to us, if they're experiencing flea health. So that's just something, I mean, call in and let us know. It, uh, it's unusual for me. Yeah. Fleas are a drag. They happen, but we, it's just not, we're not able to stay up on it here around this cottage. Knock on wood, I haven't had any flea problems in a couple of years. So. It gets, it's insects in general and, and everything, I've, everything's been weaponized. It's, it's part of what we're going to talk about tonight. It's, uh, it's where we're getting interwoven with, with a new skin and a, and a, and a, and a new, a new uh, field of energy is coming over us and it has to do with insects. Insect, insect, insects are, are being, uh, you know, interwoven with a, with a new, a new piece of who they are now. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting because it's like nature, 
uh, artificial intelligence and spirituality, it's all getting entwined in one big knot. And uh, it's it's coming over us like a disease. All right. Well, let's get into that. I'll... Yeah, let's move on into it. I want to introduce uh, Rob. For those of you who don't know, Rob was born into a family of Italian shaman and magic users called Strega. This ancient lineage hails from several areas in Italy, including Benevento, Lake Nemi, Volterra, and Afragola. The Strega were the supernatural protectors in those times, as were many organized pagan groups. Ra's multi-talented. In addition to hosting the Spiral Radio Show, he is a songwriter and a poet, a mystic, dream seer, aura healer, and oracle reader. In 3D, he instructs younglings in the ways of Muay Thai martial arts. Ra, how you doing? Long time, no talk. Welcome back, Ra. Nish, thanks for having me on. It's an honor for for me to be your first guest on the, on the obelisk. I love the concept, just like Nox Mente. Um, I actually think this is going to reach a, a bigger, a bigger audience because, uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, almost like the Art Bell days where the second half people get to call in and share their stories and, and ask questions and everything. And I, I think it's going to, it's going to be big. It's going to, it's going to reach a lot of people. Yeah. That's actually why we chose to do this on the week of the full moon every month, uh, brings all the lunatics out. Yeah. We, and we we want that we want the Absolutely. woo and and we you know art bell to me was one of those people like i highly honor him no one's on a pedestal you know we're all we're all walking this path and you know rest in peace art but he did change the scene in radio and uh so we're honoring that format absolutely and now nori's controlling it <laughs> Well, it's always Art Bell for me, baby. His hair, <laughs> his hair hasn't changed in years. So anyway, what kind of artificial intelligence keeps George and Nori's hair black? Well, <laughs> yeah, it, for all it, what's it, going on with that. <laughs> what, what happened? Not that I'm kidding. <laughs> it's funny, too. You mentioned Orson Welles earlier. It's uh, in like the 1950s. Even uh, I was talking about the other day guy arthur c clark i don't know if you ever heard of uh arthur c clark with the 2001 space odyssey mr sri lanka yeah and and he did a lot in the 1950s and i i feel that he he might have even not even just caught a glimpse of the future but he may may have even been even interfaced with part of the future and he might have been uh already interacting with something from the future either some sort of uh, chip in his brain or or he actually experienced something that is uh, on a future timeline because uh, a lot of his short stories are are more than just someone being sort of like a sci-fi prophet you know uh, this guy he had information that that is beyond um, just just being uh, you know a good guess you know they, it was directly what happened and he even has uh, stuff talking about, you know, artificial intelligence and uh, uh, quantum computing in a way, being able to bring the end of the world and, and bring us to a, a, a different world. Because I don't know if you ever read uh, Jerry and Nish, the, the, the short story by Arthur C. Clarke called Nine Billion Names of God, but oh. it's about these Tibetan monks in the Himalayas. And they order this the most high-tech friggin' computer you could possibly get from the Western civilization. Um, it's like a, a scanning computer a computer that can compute and whirl through codes and 
and all types of letters and numbers in, in, in a fast way, just at an accelerated rate. And these Himalayan monks go to buy this friggin' computer, this high tech computer um, from this company. And, you know, first of all, you know, just getting it all the way up into the Himalayan mountains, like it had, it had to get there by plane, it had to uh, meet the meet somebody and by mule had to go out like it was a whole thing just to get it there. But it was so much money, like millions and millions of dollars that the, you know, the person who created the computer was like asking these monks, like what, what would a Tibetan monastery need for this high tech computer? And they were like, well, you know, the reason the, the whole reason why we exist you know our our monastery exists is because we believe that um there's nine billion names of god and we have to recite them all and when we're done reciting them all it'll bring us like it'll bring like a, a higher dimensional state you know and um they they figured that if they if it, if at going at the rate they were going it was going to take them probably like 15,000 years to recite all these names so they needed some high tech computer to like scan through all these names really fast and whirl through them so the guy just figured hey these guys ha somehow have this money uh and they he figured they were you know kind of stupid you know like in a way like yeah, whatever if they're going to pay for it I'll give it to them they, they he didn't he, he think it was real anyway but part of the gig was he, they had to put um two of their employees to be there while it was computing these names and it was going to take them a couple months instead of 15,000 uh, years. So they, the, this company had to send two of their employees like to the Himalayan mountains to be with this computer, to install it, to uh, service it during the, the couple of months while it was whirling through these names. And it was while it was whirling through these names that every, every so often, like the monks would take some of the papers out, look through them and put it through this book. And by the end of the, the thing, the people were like the, the two people, like they didn't believe it was anything would happen. And they wanted to already go back home to America so bad that they were kind of like mocking these monks. But uh, long story short, without being a, too much of a spoiler, um, at the last scene, basically, it's done computing all these names. And the two guys, as they're heading home to try to go take the plane back to America, they're, they're looking at their watch. They're like, the computer should be stopping. You know, right about now, it should be completing. And as they're saying that, they're looking up at the sky and all the stars are starting to blink out of the sky. Like the existence is like going away. The existence is, is leaving. Like all the, the world is like leaving. Like all the stars are leaving and it's like blinking out of existence. And that's how the, the short story ends. It's, a, it's only like a few page story. I have a collection of short stories by him, but. Shorter I mean, to read than to listen, right? You talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. It's crazy though, right? Because so, this guy wrote this in the 1950s and he's talking yeah. about um, whirling through names. Well, well um, Arthur C. Clarke is credited with the invention of, of uh, satellites. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Geos, of orbiting satellites. Yeah. And, and, and I would just look at this, that and say, is it, is it prophecy or the execution plan? Yeah. The strategy. No, he, he was interfaced with something. That's my psychic intuition tells me. Well, the first intuition I get is that he was more than a regular man like he was already interfaced with something yeah but he had already experienced something maybe a future timeline or or something well i look at it and i see you know whatever people want to call it ritual dark magic whatever there's a reason he lived in sri lanka i think he was probably yeah, he finished his life out there for sure yeah i think he was a pedo and he was doing some kind of rituals and he was communicating with something not unlike uh maria orsic the Vril society something like that where they're getting ideas from quote unquote the other side whatever the hell that is probably an ai 
Well, the interesting thing and why I bring that up as well, this, this uh, story is because this is what Kabbalah is doing now. Um, it's sort of what they're doing, you know, and, and I believe um, it's my complete intuition, not just from my experiences, but from my 30 years of research, I'm, for, I'm in my 40s, and I had a near-death experience when I was around 10 years old, and since then I've been experiencing and researching these topics. So, and in, since I've been 40 years old, because they say you're not supposed to really dive into Kabbalah and read the Zohar until you're like 40. So when my 40th birthday came, the last year and a half, I've been, I've been reading the Zohar and I've been reading a lot of Jewish mysticism. And, and it's my understanding, Jerry and, and Nish, that um, Kabbalah is what has brought this sort of technology that we're interfacing with now and certain clans and and sections of it. Um, uh, yeah. The reason why I say this is because mm -hmm. they are computing codes that are 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 computer like, mm -hmm. and it goes all the way back to Adam. And we can go deep down into it tonight. But um, I, I do believe that the reason why we have the this technology that we're interfaced with right now, which is a replication of true spiritual technology, like when you use your computer, when you're sending me an instant message, that's your Replic it's a replication of your telepathic communication. Right, right. Copy. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a copy. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 the same thing. Like uh, when you're you know when you're typing into Google trying to get information, that's the that's the a replication of the akashic, you know, of of of, of the ancestral memory that's recorded. The cosmic Wi-Fi. Oh, you know, and and it's that's what we're interfaced with. It's a replication of our spiritual residue. And wait, 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 wait. So, so dig this. Uh, do you ever heard of this guy Tim Refat? Tim who? Tim Refat. He's a no. British guy, black magician, has a bunch of videos about how he, how, 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 how magic works, how the magic of the Illuminati works and the cabal, right. whatever you want to call it. Um, he can be very offensive. He's extremely his, his, offensive. Yeah, I mean, he is. But his information is completely interesting. And it, it kind of, it, it gives a skeleton for what you're talking about because what, in, he's got 32 videos out right now about like an hour long describing how magic works and whatnot and basically there is a a space another dimension if you will but it's energetic and in this space is where the the kaba the kaba kabbalistic tree is constructed and all the demons that live in it and whatnot right it, it exists in this this hell space he calls it and it drives souls back and you know it, it affects our reality too but it, people who believe in it are feeding it and getting entwined with it and they go into it when they die it's a long thing you have to watch all of the shit but it basically provides a structure for what you're saying yeah well i, I, I think well, well, i guess wait, wait before i forget the last thing i wanted to add there was you know communicating with things that exist in this energetic space that if this this space allows physical humans to construct construct thought forms and solidify them in this space, there is a system that runs that space, and and that's where I think the AI is. And if it runs a space, it's providing, quote unquote, voice for the demons or angels that live within it. And and also, I wanted to I want to just tag this on that. Madonna's appearance at the Eurovision this last year was in re was a reversal 
this big ritual that everyone talked about was a reversal of the pillars in the Kabbalah. And uh, I want to give, I want to throw that to you as a bone, Ra, to look into because it's extremely fascinating. Tim Refrat talks about it. And uh, it's hard to not take him serious when you unpack that that particular appearance that Madonna did uh, unfold for us, for everyone to see, where she switched in the columns. Right, I forgot that. about that. Yeah, he... yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting because one of the visions I had about all of this was um, these swirling columns of light that are all possibilities, and it's going right through the center of Israel. And I saw the actually Israel on it, like it was like in, engraved on it. And this is what Metatron is to me. It's swirling codes. It's all possibilities. Every intention, every thought, anything you can possibly ever think about or do is swirling in, in this multicolored light. And they're columns of multicolored light. And it's all possibilities. It's like, a, it's like a quantum universe of all thought, all possibilities. And when you have a certain intention or uh, a certain thought, you, it gets hooked up into the swirling column of light. And you can go down all these different possibilities, and this is what Metatron is. It's 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 a uh, it's not an en it's not an angel or or an entity. It's actually it's a swirling universe of codes and possibilities, and um, there's all these columns and and pillars of this light. What I feel that we're we're interacting with that our our whole world is interacting with is, and we evolve with it. The insects, everything is 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 going with it. Is that we're being interfaced with a whole new uh, energetic skin, but it's a replication of spiritual layers. So let me, let me pitch it to you like this. So we have our physical bodies, right? We also have energetic layers around us. We have our aura, we have our astral, you know, we have our, our spirit and we have our soul. Our soul keeps us all enclosed, but we have these energetic layers around us. Like we're a flame. You know how a flame has a red layer, a blue layer, a white layer, all these layers to it. So this is how we are. So we're being interfaced with another garment, another layer of skin around us, another energetic layer, but it's a replication of, of spiritual residue. It's a replication of that uh, spiritual glow. And in Kabbalah, they call it the Noga, the glow. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an auric layer, you know, like, uh, but it's a, it's, it's not, it's tricked us and it's tricked our world. Our world is being interfaced with this replication of technology as well. And it's, it's what we're seeing as, um, you know, the internet and, and 5G and uh, nuclear power and CERN, all of these are replicators of, of true spiritual technology. We have natural uh, things like uh, CERN. We had like uh, Stonehenge and Avery and all these places, Benjado. There were places that were like similar to what CERN is, but a, a natural version of those, I believe. And, you know, just like, you were saying before, like uh, that the the fleas or whatever have been weaponized. We have been weaponized. We are like walking obelisks ourselves. You know, there's a swirling, never-ending, limitless amount of energy above us. And if we can tap into it and pull it around us like a garment, you know, it becomes another layer. So if we're being interfaced with a, another, uh, un, uh, another technology that makes us forget about our true spiritual technology within us. You know, that's what's happening. Like when we use the internet, when we do all of this stuff, it takes away from your spiritual abilities. It makes you do everything at the click of the button. So you don't have to work for those kind of abilities or those kind of knowledge. 
It's a replication of everything we're supposed to be working with. And, and if you want to take it to on top of that, it's the you've got like the uh, dopamine receptors getting hit when you I mean you yeah every you time get you a get like. a like exactly. every time you get this every time it, yeah it, so it it's almost like, like a a web the internet is interfacing with your brain chemistry yeah yeah it's completely it's like a garment that we're wearing mm-hmm. it's a spiritual garment but it's a replicator if you want to take it to biblical um, ways if if you want to say like Adam when Adam was because I believe we're here on this planet to align the duality it was a cosmic fallout. You know, Adam was working with a spiritual technology in a higher dimensional universe, you know, and he was replicated. His spiritual glow while he was working in this higher dimensional spiritual realm was replicated by what they call in the Bible the Nakash, you know, the serpent. You know, this is this is what replicated Adam's glow. And that's what we're in being interfaced with now. And Kabbalah helped bring that into our realm. You know, when Adam, if you want to say from biblical ways, because there is great knowledge hidden within some of the scriptures, you know, you just have to, you have to pull certain things out and figure it out the right way. But if you want to take it to Adam, um, you know, when Adam was trying to align duality with all the flora and fauna, everything on our planet, and something invaded him, and his consciousness collapsed. And this was where uh, female and male were not equal anymore. The polarities were not equal. And he was replicated and his consciousness collapsed. And we are Adam. All of us are Adam, fractals of Adam. And we have to align Eden again. We are living in Eden. We have to align Eden and, and find our spiritual technology and align duality on our planet again, or we'll be lost forever. Because being, we're being interfaced with a completely replication of what we're supposed to be working with. We're like a few steps uh, past Adam now. Like Adam messed up, and now and and there was a cosmic fallout, and now we're like all these replications of Adam, even worse off, you know. And, and the, so and instead the Jewish... of being individuated portions of the great collective, we're individuated portions of Adam's individuation. Pretty much, yeah. That, that we're, sucks. We're fractals, replicators. You know? <laughs> the Adame. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's, you know, that's what, and I, and I think the, the Jewish gene, the DNA of the, the Jewish race has um, some of this, this, uh, this, what was it called? This like replication of spiritual skin more so within their DNA. And they help bring it in this, this computing through codes and formulas, like a, a replication of our spiritual technology. They, this is how they brought it in through Kabbalah. And ever since, the, the 1700s was when a lot of Kabbalists influenced and brought in these codes. And mm-hmm. this was when the Hasidim started. This is when the Vilna Ge- Geon from Lithuania came mm-hmm. in. This is when all of these huge rabbis came in and were doing this mental gymnastics with Kabbalah to help accelerate the redemption and merge nature and science together. With and if, so they're 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 actually doing this, and now we have all these Noahides, actually, you know, gentle Gentiles and, and Christians helping this as well, you know, and, and the, they think that the Kabbalah is bringing the redemption for their Jewish race by by bringing uh, Leviathan back, and Leviathan skin is this skin I'm talking about. They, they oh, want to spread this out across the world, you know, and and this is where it's going to be centered in the. China and Israel 
they're going to be centered right there in Jerusalem, right there. Um, that's where the computer, every the home base is all going to be, and it's all going to be starting right there. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a big control base there with computers and everything. And this is where they call the city of Luz is. And this is uh, something that's very intense because this is where people are being replicated from and where people are being cloned from is your actual, your loose bone in the back of your head. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but at the top of your spine, um, and this is where this, and this spiritual residue is being interfaced with us is through our higher dimensional brain mapped out within our, our back of our head and, and through our spine. And this is how it's, it, it comes around us like a garment. Um, Lutz, L-U-Z, Lutz, it, it basically means almond or almond tree, right? So not, at the top of your spine. to Lush. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, Lutz, Lutz L-U-Z, it, it means almond or almond tree. And at the top of your spine, um, right at the back of your head, there's a little bone there that's the size of a, it looks like a, uh, an almond, a little almond. This is the place where your consciousness, your, in, your, your memory from your incarnations, uh, everything is imprinted on that bone. And that's where you can be replicated from. And even in Kabbalah, and a lot of the, the Hebrews believe during the resurrection of the dead at the end times, this is where people are going to be resurrected from the dead, from this Lutz bone, you know, and um, I, I've done, I've had diagrams um, on my Patreon about this, <clears throat> but basically it's mentioned in the Bible. I mean, the earlier name for the town of Bethel was, uh, was Lutz and it, it, Bethel means house of God. Um, but Lutz is, is basically, uh, they, they had a city called Lutz where the ruins of the town of Bethel, um, you know, it was Bethel's built right on top of that. And also in the Bible, you, you know, basically, uh, this is where they, they, they made like these almond tree staffs from as well with these from Jacob in the Bible, he was making it and accessing other, a higher dimensional state. You know, the, the city of Lutz, they called it, through the almond tree. And, and this was in, in a special town in, in Bethel. You know, this is where the, why they call it House of God, because this is where you go in DMT as well as you go to the city of Lutz. This is just what they call it in Hebrew. You know, this is a, this is a higher dimensional zone. And, and, and you know, right in, in the Matrix, this is where Neo's plugged right in, in the back there, right into the Lutz bone, where that thing's plugged in the back of his head. And this is where people are going to be cloned um, at the end times. And there's this uh, interesting thing, if, if you want to go in, and especially in, in certain things in Kabbalah, is that basically we're like a microcosm of the macrocosm of our planet. Our, our body has energy spots and veins, just like ley lines and, and specific energy spots on our planet. And we can tap in to certain energies um, just like a, an obelisk can tap into the ley line and amplify that transmission and be a spiritual technology. So just like us, we can be like walking obelisks and we can tap into certain energies. And our body is mapped out like our earth. If you go along our body, we have certain ley lines on our body like veins. And we have certain spots on our body that are spots like Jerusalem and spots like all these spots. So um, the Lutz bone on the back of your brain is at a 45 degree angle to your pineal gland, just like the Western wall is to um, their, their temple in, in uh, Jerusalem. 
It's at a 45 degree angle from the from uh, the western wall right to the to the the foundation stone in their temple. So the foundation stone is like the pineal gland, and this lutz bone is like uh, the back of the you know the western wall. And this is the how they see it. And this is very very interesting because you know um, the foundation stone is where they believe that a, a sort of uh, global DMT is going to rise out of this foundation stone and, and bring everybody into a higher dimensional state, you know, a living liquid, you know, a goo, a primordial ooze. And it's going to bring the Jewish race and the kingdom of Israel to a higher dimensional state, you know, and, and this is what they believe. So um, this is pretty interesting when you, when you get into it. And there's an, uh, an old rabbi, um, I think they called him the Ram Chal. And they basically state, and they believe this, that when a person dies, there's different levels that the soul goes through. Um, and, uh, you know, you have the Ruach, uh, there's different ones. But then there, eventually the soul goes back to its, its multidimensional roots, right? But they have the lowest level of the soul in Kabbalah, which is the Nefesh. You know? And the Nefesh will stay with the corpse inside the, the coffin. It will, it will remain with the body. So all you have left is, is the bones in the grave, but you have the nefesh that stays with it, sort of like an imprint of the soul. And it stays there like a dormant energy, like a, a dormant life force imprinted on the bones like a vapor. It sleeps with the bones and it never leaves. Now, um, these Talmudic mystics, uh, they basically believe that this vapor of the bones, um, this is where people are going to be resurrected from the dead and cloned from. And this Ram Chal, he even states in some of his writings that I've read that uh, it, it basically states that they're, they're in, in the grave, there's a bone which is called the Lutz. And through, throughout all the body will be reconstructed at the time of the resurrection of the dead. And there also remains in this bones a portion of this Nefesh, which is called the vapor of the bones. And it's, it's just like the, the temple that, that, and, and the, the Western Wall. There's, there's a, a living vapor that's going to rise and stay with that wall always how is that not like a ghost or yeah I'm a living vapor i mean <laughs> yeah i have a question after go ahead well so one of the things that comes up is the idea behind beheadings and that's so ancient and then another yes. thing is, what about those that have been cremated or they have no body? Rah. Yeah. So the thing is, I think that when, when the body's buried and it's saved, the bones are saved, it's saved for something. You know, uh, when, when the body is, is burned, I believe it, it leaves this realm, you know. Um, but when it's saved, it can, be, it can be replicated. It can be. But the thing is, if you replicate from this Lutz bone, I don't believe you can ever replicate the divine spark. You might be able to replicate the memories of that incarnation, but that's it. It's going to be a soulless being, being, being able to con be controlled like an automaton. It's and like, that's what they want. It's a Klepov generator. Like, like a walking, you know, NPC, you know, like a walking. Like a golem. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically like a golem. Well, they have the, the, the book, the Zephyr Yetzirah, which is like the book of cre creation or formation or, or yeah, the book of Abraham. That. Yes. This is how you make a, a golem. And this yes. is one of the rabbis I mentioned earlier, a Lithuanian rabbi, the Vilna Gaon, when he was 13 years old, he, was, he had mastered the Kabbalah and 
he had created a golem and he was stopped by this Magadim. They were like celestial creatures that stopped him. And a golem is basically for people out there, it's basically like an artificial intelligence monster that's made through divine formulas. It's made through reciting the, a special name of God or putting a secret name of God on him. And this will make like an artificial intelligence Frankenstein through these divine secret names of God. And this is how uh, Moses parted the Red Sea. He, he, he recited the secret names of God and, and you know, it made a, a transformation in the sea. Even Lilith, when the stories of Lilith, when she would, before uh, Adam and Eve, supposedly in ancient Hebrew, there was Lilith, right? And she would not lie down be beneath Adam during sex. And when she wouldn't lie down beneath him, uh, he was like, woman, lie down beneath me. And she said, no. And she uttered the secret names of God. And she transformed into a supernatural awakening and became part owl and parts other creature. And she flew away to the Red Sea. And God sent three of his badass angels that couldn't even bring her back. Like she had this crazy transformation. So if you're able to utter these secret names of, of God through some um, crazy ass vibration and, and this muttering, uttering tone, just like ancient stragas have certain spells, if you say a certain vibrational way in this weird sort of utter, you can awaken these these vibrational energies that can that can awaken things, you know, and it can, it can change the elements, and and it's very powerful. What is the so one of the things with this interfacing and all this that I can't I, I keep swirling back around to is what is the end game here? Well, that's the whole thing is that we have to align our duality. We have to align our duality on our planet so we can find our true spiritual technology within us if we give in and we are we just want to go to the, the computer and, and artificial intelligence and all of these powers even nuclear power everything that we're using that's a replication of what we should be interfacing with sort of like a negative orgone you know out there if we keep interfacing with this sort of technology we're going to eventually lose who we are lose our an ancestral memory and everything. And it's going to, this other garment is going to pull over us like a net over our souls until we lose everything. Maybe that's what gray aliens are in the future. Who knows? Maybe that's them interfaced with this, this skin that I, I keep seeing coming over us. And it's like an unseen spiritual skin that eventually comes over us. And maybe that's what gray aliens are in the future. And maybe, you know, that, that is a physical skin or a etheric skin. I mean, is it's it the like etheric skin that's going to interweave with our DNA and change our, our structure of mm. who we are? It's almost like an aura replacement. Yeah. It's like, but it comes over our soul like a net, like a, like a net coming around us and plugging into the back of our heads and then coming over us all. all. And, it's, and is it is it possible through the stuff like uh, through all all of this stuff that's been going on with say uh, chemtrails with the cesium and strontium and yeah and we're being terraformed yeah. yes yeah and someone in chat bioformed actually someone bioformed. in chat brought up five G and and yeah thinking about it sure if if there are chemtrails that, that those chemicals are in our systems we get hit with oh. the five G and through our aura or whatever etheric body whatever. Yeah. We're, bio, we're a walking bioenergetic system. That's what we are. But we've been hacked in the last many years. Yeah. Yeah. We've been hacked. It, it's, it's so that's what I'm saying. Do you think that was all part of the intent here to begin with, with yeah, all of this? For sure. I think that's why this, this technology is 
seated here on on this realm is to bring to accelerate this process you know uh, there's there's uh, we're at a time where we're at a cycle we're at the, we're at the end of a world like our world is ending our world is collapsing and a new world is rising you know when volcanoes are our stargates they are sacred cauldrons of fire that spit out new worlds they bring things into this dimension and when volcanoes and all of this activity is 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 taking place that's because a new world is forming there's a new world rising and all of these energetic bodies know this and they're all fighting for control over this planet and what's going to arise. And there's, there's the ancient ones are returning in, in new form, you know, and, and that's what's happening. And if we don't, if we don't align who we are, who we truly are and finish with, if you want to say Adam started and align Eden again, then we're going to lose our, our ancestral memory and, and who we are. And all of these dogmatic religions are pretty much doing it in their own way. Is is they're bringing this this end times transmission, and that's why I think most of the obelisks are are being used from when when you hear the word obelisk, everybody immediately thinks of Egyptian, right? But the most obelisks in the world are right in Italy, right in Rome, okay? mm-hmm. and and they're being used to broadcast a spiritual transmission, a dark spiritual transmission, to bring in the apocalypse. They're broadcasting an end times transmission. But they, they also poison the grid. Yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're, on, they're on vortex points or uh, grid cross points. The, That's the, what I'm, I'm writing my book about, Jerry. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're on specific spots, right. uh, ley lines, and they're on ley lines that dragon lines that cross, right? And not only that, but they're put on, on certain spots where there's dark ley lines, dark energy lines, mm-hmm. and they're, they're broadcasting right from it. Right. right. So there's one I could get into with you real quick that's going to blow your mind. And, and there's actually two of them. For, um, I just want to throw in churches and cathedrals, too, are also always situated on these great They're points. put right there yeah. and they're put along with the obelisks. And yeah. I, you know, I could, I could, I could pretty much blow your guys' minds right now with some things that I've been working blow on. Blow it, brother, blow it. Oh, our, our mind, Ra. Come on. <laughs> so um, first we'll start with, with 662 um, AD. Now, this was. Uh, a place in Benevento, Italy, where my ancestors are from, where it's a known walnut tree. This walnut tree was known all over Europe as uh, a sacred place. They would do these spiral dances around the tree. But there came a time where these these dark ones, these uh, what, what, what are basically like disembodied spirits of the Rephaim, of the ancient giants, that plagued the minds of, of humanity and plagued people's minds, especially people that are weak in spirit and weak in the heart. So they'll plague these people and they go for high, high people in high uh, places of society, like emperors and things like this. So in, uh, in Benevento, Italy, the walnut tree was actually used by the, the Benendante and the Malandante, which are like our good or bad witches or good and bad shaman in the area. They actually got together and, and had to work together to actually lock down some evil spirits within this walnut tree. In Benevento, and to keep these evil spirits locked in this walnut tree, they had to do certain rituals around the tree for many, many years. And this has been passed down in my Strege underground for for centuries. You know, um, now in 662 AD, um, I believe one of these dark ones had infested the papacy in a way, and there. Was this the, the town of Bentevento was all pagans, 
they were all basically uh from the lombards too a lot of the lombards were in there and they worshiped this walnut tree and they also had this chalice like a serpent a golden serpent chalice that that they would worship and the guy that was in charge of the the Catholic Church in Benevento was called Barbatos. Um, ended up being Saint Barbatos. And interesting enough, there's a Goetia demon called Barbato as well. So yes, Barbatos. But was, he lives on the back of the Kabbalah, the Kabbalistic tree. Huh? He's on the back of the tree. Yeah. The the ooh, the Barbato. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he he's uh, there was a there's a Saint Barbato as well, Saint Barbatos from Benevento, it's and probably the same entity. Yeah, dude, it's completely. He's the dark ones that were inside of that walnut tree. So what happened was, as soon as this guy um, becomes like head of the church in Benevento, he decides to get um, his priests together and go cut down this sacred walnut tree. And now this sacred walnut tree was holding evil spirits within it and locked within it, you know, keeping them uh, guarded in there, you know, and, and locked down. So by cutting it down, you would release, surely release these, these dark entities, right? So he brings over uh, his men to this tree. And first he uh, converts like the Duke of Benevento to Catholicism. He melts the guy's golden chalice down I mean, he melts the guy's golden serpent statue that the town was worshiping, and he made a chalice out of it. And then he goes and cuts down this walnut tree. And when he cut down his walnut tree, this guy, St. Barbatos, took on a supernatural transformation. And he took that and ended up being becoming a saint and took that back to the church with him. And that's in 662 AD. Now, it would be one thing if this was a one-off, right? But the story gets even crazier from here because. Um, and not to mention, uh, before I go on, now they have um, a wall. They have a, a uh, an obelisk right on that spot where the walnut tree was cut down, and churches right there as well. So, and this is where like the um, what's Don't it they, called? There's something about the papal selection has to do with the, that tree, right? No, they, Jerry, they have a, an obelisk right where that walnut tree was in Benevento was cut down. It's uh, it's basically um, they have the the church right there as well. The church is called. Listen to this, Santa Maria in Volto, right? You know what that means in Italian? Uh, <laughs> Saint Mary, Mary who the... dies without being baptized. Yes. Oh wow. Okay? In Volto, that's what that die, That's what that means, right? So, and, and it, it sometimes it's called Santa Sofia, and they had the Temple of Isis obelisk right on that spot where oh, the walnut wow. tree was. And I'm giving the chills raw. I mean, wasn't there was a, an older temple of Isis under Notre Dame? Yeah, 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 yeah. They they under underneath the the Notre Dame cathedrals, they have the Gaul temples of Serunos, right? You no, know, uh, as well, <laughs> right on the altar there. But listen to this. So in ten, it's not a one off. In ten ninety nine, in ten ninety nine, when Pope Paschal II takes his reign, the first thing he does is is this amazing thing. Now listen to this. In 1099, there was an evil force that was plaguing the Piazza del Popolo, which is a famous plaza uh, piazza in Italy, right? They have three churches there now. They have an obelisk right on the spot now. And the obelisk is actually one of the most famous obelisks from, from ancient Egypt, which is the Sun God Ra obelisk. And it was first brought over, uh, it was the 13th century BC from Ramses II, 
from from the in Heliopolis, from the sun god Ra, the temple of the sun. It was brought over in tenth uh, by Augustus to Rome first, but then it went to the Circus Maximus, and now it sits right on this spot that I'm talking about today in the Piazza del Popolo. So in 1099 AD, right, this whole area was being plagued by dark forces. It was plaguing people's minds. There was spirits in the air. People would feel vibrations in the air. Now there's a sacred walnut tree in this in this plaza in 1099 AD. There was also a sacred walnut tree there. And the story goes that the the shaman, witches, whatever you want to call them of that area, they locked down the evil within that walnut tree, just like they did in Benevento, Italy, all the way down the coast in 662. They, the, the witches got together, the bad and the good, and they locked down these evil dark ones within that walnut tree. Now, the thing is, Emperor Nero was supposedly buried underneath that, that walnut tree, and it was the dark ones of Emperor Nero that was, uh, that was locked within it. But they said that some of Emperor Nero, like some of his spirit, came into a snake, and it was, around, it was crawling up and down that walnut tree. People would see it. And somehow... Some of these dark entities were seeping out and still plaguing some of the people in the area. And it was, it was still seeking out. So they didn't know what to do because the witches had supposedly locked down the evil there. And now they're still feeling evil forces coming out of it, right? So they turned to the church. And Pope Paschal II just comes into office. And what does he do? He says, oh, my God. First thing he says is the Mary Madonna comes to him in his dream. He has this amazing dream vision of Mary Madonna coming to him. And she's literally in his dream, hands him an axe and tells him he needs to go down to that walnut tree tomorrow morning, cut it down and pull it out by its roots and go underneath there because Emperor Nero is buried underneath there. You got to get his bones and throw him in the freaking Tiber River. Now, nobody even believed that Emperor Nero's bones really was there. It was just a myth. So Pope Paschal II, the next day, he gets a procession of cardinals and, and other people from the area and they march down to this walnut tree. And they say as soon as the axe hit the tree and chips started to fly off the tree, vibrations came out of the tree and, 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 and came out like vibrational energy. And the tree fell pretty quickly, but they pulled it out by a truce and they actually found Emperor Nero's bones beneath this tree. So Pope Paschal II throws the bones in the Tiber River and he does an exorcism on this spot. Now, when he did this exorcism, he felt a supernatural transformation take place he, he even mentioned it and he said that he felt rejuvenated like a like a spiritual transformation he went back to the church with that i believe he took back the dark ones of emperor nero with him to the church and he released those those dark ones now they have a uh the sun god ra obelisk directly on that spot of the dark ones broadcasting that spiritual transmission to the population broadcasting that uh across humanity you know, and they're doing this with on, on, on very special locations such as this all throughout Rome and all throughout Italy and all throughout the world. And Does the firmament act as some kind of a satellite dish to broadcast it across the whole world? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that it, it's sort of, sort of like a force field of energy. Yeah, the Van Halen belts. Did they, did, did they disseminate uh, Emperor Nero's bones in, in reliquary form to all these points i had somehow i had thought that was happening when they, they didn't throw them in the river but they they ended up creating a grid who knows i mean uh, the story goes that they threw them in the river but who knows what really happened you know i feel that that uh 
that Pope Paschal II, though, he definitely uh, received some sort of supernatural transformation. And the church radically changed, you know, after, after that, too. After the, the 11th century, 12th century, they, things started to get really intense, you know. And, and this all came to me from the Stragori. So the information about the dissemination of Nero's bones. Wow. So I thought maybe you would have something on that because this is, this gives me the chills. It's major, 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 as you said, and the walnut tree can never be understated. And, and what's great about the walnut tree is that it, it, it's sacred in lots of cultures, the Celts too, the king for the day, right? With the Celtic stuff, with the walnut tree, the sacrifices under the walnut tree. And uh, it, it's, it's major, and I love that it's tied to these two timelines, especially in 662 and 1099. Very, yeah. very, very significant. Yeah, it's intense. It's really, it really is, and and I think that even even uh, right in uh, St. Peter's Square there, where St. Peter's Basilica is, the obelisk that they have there, um, right on the base, they have part of the exorcism prayer, and it's basically uh, the part of the prayer where the the exorcist is talking directly to the demon and he's saying you know behold the lion of judah you know i you know you know fear the cross or whatever run for the cross it says it in latin but it's basically it's, it's and and not to mention beneath there is the biggest etruscan necropolis in in italy beneath that area is is there it's right on top of an etruscan city of the dead you know, and the Vatican is literally named after Etruscan goddess of the dead called Vatica. You know, and right on top of St. Peter's Basilica, they have this this obelisk that has this exorcism prayer where the guy's basically talking to the demon and telling him, fear Christ, fear the Lion of Judah, run from the cross. So it's establishing uh, a verbal uh, – it, it's establishing a connection with, with a, a demonic force. Right, and it's keeping an open line of communication with it through the obelisk, and it's broadcasting it across humanity. You know, it's literally talking to the demon through the obelisk, and and it's broadcasting that. You know, and it's keeping an open line of communication tapped into the that that energy of the of that area. And and this is just one of of many things that I have in my book. You know, that I've been talking about with obelisks because they are uh, broadcasting spiritual transmissions. And some people are using them for dark energies and some people are using them to, to maybe cleanse the collective consciousness of people as well. But, you know, uh, it's not a mistake that we have one in Washington, D.C., you know, as well. This is not just uh, Egyptian decor, decor or, you know, or whatever you call it, you know. This book sounds amazing, Raw. I can't. Of course, I... I'm going to be first in line. I want it so bad. Uh, Wait, I have something. There was, oh, um, I just saw recently the movie, the, the remake of Hellboy. Wow. I think it was Hellboy. I'm pretty sure it was Hellboy. Yeah, and, they've remade it. No, I know they did, but I'm, I'm pretty sure the storyline was in it where there's a, it's back, I don't know when it was, basically King Arthur and Merlin and you know, that crew killed a witch, Morgana. At a, I thought was a walnut tree on a hill. I mean, it was very reminiscent of that story you just told. Well, even with the other thing with the Kabbalah and the almond tree, it's very similar to a walnut tree. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's there. There's it, trees are, are dimensional gateways. You know, and especially certain walnut trees, especially the walnut tree. It's like the it's the the walnut's like a brain. 
it even looks like a brain. Someone just said that in chat. But, yeah, like but a, that was the point was that this woman was killed at this tree and her blood, when it touched the tree, opened up some kind of gateway where the underworld creatures could come through. That yeah. was kind of the premise there. But they, they chopped. It's a very special tree too, especially to, to my ancestors, you know. Well, think about our blood now. So in context to right now, the way we've been uh, poisoned with the heavy metals, whatever woo people want to bring it, this, the 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 metals are all in us now. It's hard to avoid them. They're in the air. They're in the water. They're everywhere. And this is, of course, all in our blood. We're in. We're electrical anyway. And so think about this with your AI overlay and this psychic spiritual cowl that you're basically talking about, Raw. This brings a whole new brings a whole whole new light yeah. to blood, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm sure people, you know, some people out, out there might be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" But I mean, look, everything I set up, you you could you could find it, you know, look deep, and and you'll 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 start to come to. I want you to at least, if I can, at the very least, um, entice you to do your own research and and do your own digging. You know, if you don't believe what I'm talking about, go do your own digging and 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 see some of your own experiences and see where it leads you, because uh, we are. Technology is is moving at an accelerated rate that we don't fully comprehend, understand, or can, can control. Don't that, doesn't that seem a little bit odd to everybody? And that all of a sudden, since like the 1700s, it's just exploding and, and accelerating so fast that we don't we don't understand how. And it's ever since the the Kabbalah has has come into play, and, and it's yes. accelerated since the 1700s, right? Because we've had all this other works of mysticism for thousands of thousands of thousands of years, right? Yes. But and but it's only been computers and and this IBM and everything and IBM backwards is the same um, equal value as um, if you read from right to left like you do in Hebrew is the Mashiach ben Yosef which is one of the, one of their avatars they believe that they're going to have uh, two avatars uh, a Mashiach which is their Messiah Mashiach ben ben David and Mashiach mm -hmm. ben Joseph these are like avatars that's supposed to come for them and IBM. Uh, backwards is 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 basically the same equivalent the MBI is to Meshiach ben Yosef, you know, and it's 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 the same thing. Just like um, in Kabbalah, if you use the Hebrew version, uh, Nakash, which is serpent, has the same equivalent value as Messiah, and it's three fifty eight. Three fifty eight is the same gematria as 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 Messiah to to Nakash. So they literally b believe the Nakash, the serpent. The Leviathan is going to actually be their Messiah and bring them to a higher dimensional state. And they're going to wear the skin uh, like there's a hidden Torah code within the skin of Leviathan. It's, it's what I'm talking about. Leviathan is, a, is a, a form of spiritual skin that's going to yes. emerge. That's what I'm referring to as the spiritual cowl, in a way. All right. Now, this totally correlates with what Randy Green was talking about, the Leviathan gene. Yeah. It's this destructor gene that's being introduced yeah that's interesting that she correlates with that and the, the 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 one rabbi the vilna gaon from lithuania he has a very interesting uh he calls the two leviathons you know the the ouroboros symbol with the serpent with his tail in its mouth yes, yes he actually course. has a symbol with the ouroboros having a fractal tail two tails in its mouth two leviathons and they go around the higher dimensional brain and meet in the back where the lutzbone is that makes a mobius strip doesn't it yeah the mobius strip yeah <laughs>
Have you listened to Doreen Doton's videos on YouTube? No, I don't listen to too many other people's stuff. She's well, I, I, I try, I'm actually try not to as well. I try to, but it, it happens. And she's fascinating with her, you know, she lives in Israel, but she's from, I think, Long Island and married, you know, she married and would moved over there. But her, her version of Hebrew and trying to talk about how it's, translations are all wrong and all this, she's fascinating. I think you should yeah, give her. That sounds this, good. Because she's talking about some of the stuff that you're talking about, and I'm seeing some sort of overlap here. And it's funny, everyone I've turned her on to are just like that that aren't into the woo, they're just that are I I know lots of people in Israel. They're like, She's crazy. This is all, you know, crazy. <laughs> I'm like, crazy. I, I don't know. I think she's actually out there telling some real truths here. Oh well, yeah, for sure. Just like, you know, just like what I'm talking about. I'm sure if you had like me playing on your phone and you're walking through a supermarket, people are going to be like, who is that crazy guy talking? You know, but you know, most people they're, they're the crazy is our tribe, whatever that they're stuck in their video games. They're stuck yep, in that exactly. world. And they're, they, they're eating their, you know, Cheetos watching video games zoned out and they, are, they have no idea what's around them. They are the clip off of the, of the, yeah. the tree of life. Yeah. Uh, I had, okay, so this brought back, and I didn't write it down. I had this question earlier when you were talking, Raw. How is it, so I I am noticing, and I've always been able to notice this, but I'm noticing it more. There seems to be less people that seem uh, real to me. I, you know, there's a lot of language you can throw in that. But how do we tell those that are... How do we tell a friend or a foe? And I'm talking about this in context to this psychic cowl that you're talking about in this AI overlay. Yeah, I think it, it slowly makes you void of emotion. It slowly takes out your memories. It slowly it deletes who you are. It slowly deletes characteristics out of you. You know, and, and I think that's what it, what it happens is, is that it slowly makes you, you know, void of, of, of certain characteristics that, that are just normally you know, makes you normally function in, in society. And you see a lot Could, of kids nowadays are just void of, of these certain characteristics, you know. What do you it, think about the idea that this, this shroud, if you will, of energy can take different forms in another way? That people would perceive it differently. On yeah, someone it might be. Else. I mean, this, this could explain like... The, it might be just the way my consciousness is explaining it to me, this skin literally, but uh, it's an unseen spiritual force a garment that's coming around us i mean I we have that. garments around us i was we, just thinking of like people who'd say that they can see spiders or some kind of leeches on people's back that are sucking energy off of them well you see from time to time when i do readings on people i do see little you want to say plasmic you're stuck in people's yeah. auras yeah 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 you know and uh, that that can happen you know it, it could be it could generate from um, uh, a thought form from a um, from somebody else on you, but mm -hmm. it, can, it can happen from yourself. You can generate it yourself, or a trauma, like a leg well. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I've done everything from just like pulling normal things out of people like that to existing with uh, exorcism. So it's it's uh it's uh it's really intense when you get into um what can be stuck in somebody's aura mm -hmm. and what can what can actually be around you that that it's not normally seen. Mm -hmm. Everett, there's tons of shit around us that we don't see. Yeah. yeah it's frightening. What, 
So one of the things I've been on to, everyone knows is listening to me anywhere, is the idea of, especially since the Tenny Knox Mente episode, which just shook me, and uh, is this idea of possession. And, 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 and I'm viewing it in a whole different way. It connected a lot of stuff for me, it, separating it from the traditional church, Catholic church, idea and expanding it into this whole world of overlays of uh into the yeah, world well, of all of this other new Catholic stuff that's church come in. The, whole deal. The, the wicked ones of the past are working through the artificial intelligence they're they're working through the electricity you know and uh, a past race pre-adam if you want to say um there was many past races but there was a wicked evil race that once was on our planet for 7,000 or so years that were giants. And they are now in the collective consciousness still attached to this physical realm as disembodied spirits. And they plague the minds of humanity, especially those that are weak, you know, very fastly. And they're taking people over. And that's what the Catholic Church will never admit that. But it's, it's how, you know, artificial intelligence has, has been uh, entwined with this. They're, they're working through it. You know, they're working through the electricity. They're traveling through the, the currents of your, your, uh, your laptop, you know, even. They can, they can whisper to you that way. It's, it's, they can pull you in. It tells me how to write good code. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's going, it, it's, it's, we've been tricked by this. I mean, we all need it. We all use it. It's good for certain ways because we can communicate people all over the world but it's actually a replication of what we're truly supposed to do. Right, it could also serve as training wheels to get our own telepathy back online. Yeah, yeah, we could look at it like that, but we're prone to saying, oh, this, let it do it for me. No one wants to do any hard work, and that's what this has taken over. It's, it's become uh, a substitute from, for us to work hard at anything, and it's, it's whenever we want it, which is the push of a button. You know, true spiritual technology takes some hard work. You know, you have to learn how to clear your negative chatter, your mental chatter. You have to be able to silence your body. You have to be able to do a whole bunch of different things that people nowadays just can't and won't do. Yeah. Yeah. The dead silencing is a big deal. I have another question. What about, so say those of us that pull up to all this and, and feel this and know this information for what it is, do you have any? Uh, so how do we get through death? The idea of death. So say it comes to any of us, you know, shortly, hopefully not, but I know that it's a maze. I know that there, it's a trap in some way, Uh, just like is in the book of the dead, the Tibetan and the Egyptian and all that. What do you do right now? Do you have any suggestions for that journey? Well, I would, Tell people, even though it's hard not to fear it, is to, to try to have no fear and understand that you're going to go through a series of tests, a series of, of levels, a series. You're going to have to go through a lot of work when you die, and you're going to have to find your. You have to do spiritual work. People think that when they die, all of a sudden they're just going to get the answers to everything they've ever wanted to know. Like, okay, when I die, I'm just going to know everything now. No, you know, you're still going to have to ha- do that spiritual work. You know, so if you were uh, an idiot and, and an ass to people in, in death, you're going you're gonna to be that way. I mean, in life, you're going to be that way in death and, and you're going to have to work your way out of that. 
So you're going to have to go through some sort of spiritual uh, journey to get to a higher transition, a higher dimensional state. And if you don't reach that while you're alive and transition to a higher dimensional state while you're alive, then you're going to have to work at that while you're, you're dead. So I believe this is my last time around. No, I don't believe I'm coming back anymore, but I do believe you and that me both brother. Yeah. I, yeah I do, oh yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do think that, that people should try to uh, understand that death is a process. It's a, it's a process to a next step. So um, you're going to get fooled by all these different luring lights and they're going to seem like they want to pull you in, but you have to go and work through your heart and, and see through from your heart. And, and truly guide and use your intuition. So if you die with a whole bunch of negative energy and, um, and confusion and you don't know who you truly are and you're still holding a lot of resentments, you're going to be lost in a maze, a labyrinth, and you're going to get pulled in all these different wicked realms. Like even like the Tibetan Book of the Dead, you know, they, they, they say that sometimes you'll see these, these some yellow lights or something. It'll, it'll lure you to the realm of the hungry ghosts and, and it'll be there. If you were like a, a person that looked down on people in life, then you'll get pulled to the realm of the giant. So you always feel small. Or if you were always, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, like say you were like a, a glutton, then you'll get lured to the realm of the hungry ghosts. but it will be these beautiful alluring lights that you'll see when you die. So they'll, they'll pull you in because you'd be like, oh, my God, this is where I need to go, these beautiful lights. But it's going to lure you to where you, where you need to, to see what you've done wrong. You know? So like if you were uh, a person that was, uh, you know, like I said, if always looking down on somebody or thinking you're bigger than somebody, then maybe you're going to get pulled to the realm of the titans. So you're always going to feel small you know, and things like that. That's you know, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is a little bit different than the Egyptian Book of the Dead. but you know, it's a, a similar, similar mazes you have to go through labyrinths. What about like, so I can't help but wonder, and, and of course, this is where I am with, with waking life here as we are now, the inversion aspect, it's always like, what's, where's the, let's say the reflection are we on? And that seems extra tricky here. And so I imagine through the idea of death that it would somehow also be very house of glass what where how do you know because if you fall for the inversion aspect then you're doing something wrong and you're you're or, or maybe what's intended from whoever set it up whomever set it up whatever set it up whatever the illusion or trick is the spell uh if you think you're doing something good and you're doing the inversion of it you know, have you just condemned yourself to to something ill fated or See, I think I think the best way out of the trap too is to realize that you can never repair all the past. You can never repay all your karmic debt. So the best way to do it is to learn from it, realize that you're never gonna do that mistake again and and let it go. You you can't be able to fix everything. You're not gonna be able to mend the past in every way. So I think that's why people are always they're coming back recycling because they're trying to mend some karmic debt. When really you have to let it go and learn from it and understand that the best way to cure it is not to hap let it happen again, you know. And once you understand the mistakes you made, you can you can move on. I think, and you know, it, it's interesting because everybody has a different idea of what what death is. Um, you know, my ancestors believe that we go to the summerland, you know, and that we we go back to the ancestral realms, uh, waiting for renewal, you know. And 
I know when my mom died, you know, I was right there in the room and I could feel her, her soul basically compress. And, and I felt like it went down to one little speck, one little light and shot out of the house. You know, it felt like it left, you know, so um, maybe, you know, uh, uh, some does get imprinted and stay with the bones, but I feel that uh, something, something leaves the body when you die, you know, and it definitely transitions somewhere else. I thought they'd measured it, actually. <clears throat> Some scientific. Oh, yeah. It's like Some say it stays with it for a few days, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, whatever. But, you know, I, I felt something compressed when my mom died. It was very, very weird. You know, it felt like it compressed. I felt it like just compressed for some reason. And it felt like it left. Because it has to go through a wormhole, so it has to be tiny. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Or a black hole or whatever. It's interesting you say that. So I didn't experience that with my mama's death, which was a whole whole thing. But she did actually have a peaceful passing over. Uh, but I did experience that compression with one of my sacred children that was a dog in a dog avatar. And uh, the only other one, not the one that just passed, that affected me deeply that I, I still have trouble looking at photos. Aww. It did feel... I did. I did get that same description, Raw. I find this yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it's tough to think about, but you know, my mom. I mean, she she was she she was dying from cancer, and we had her like in a a hospital bed right in the middle of the living room for the last few weeks. And uh, you know, we at the end, you know, the cancer had spread to her liver, and her eyes were all yellow, and it was bad. So she was in pretty much agony at the moment of death, but she had a smile on the face right at the moment she died. Her, her, she, she, it was a smile. A smile came on her, and she hadn't smiled in days. She wasn't even able to talk the last two days. She was just mumbling, and uh, she did smile at the moment of death, right at that moment. That's amazing. Yeah. It was when my mama came, when I got her out of the hot, and it was me. I had to go against the whole family. She's chanting, let me out, get me out, you know? And I'm like, let's listen to this woman. This is what she wants. Anyway, the moment we, she got rolled out and we're going to the ambulance and she saw her eyes looked up at the sky. It was this whole, I saw this whole shift in energy. I can't even describe it. Wow. And, and her words were, um, the first one was just like, this is what, and she'd been intubated and all that. So her voice was just, you know, rough. And she's like, this is wonderful. And, uh, it, but it was it's like a DMT release. It was amazing to watch her response to the open air, to whatever the sky is, but to that openness in contrast to when she was in hospital and, uh, where she was, she was talking about other entities, you know, being in the room and stuff like that. And it had this whole negative, scary vibe. And it was just almost like crossing, crossing a threshold, an yeah. energetic threshold. Like she got free of whatever's in hospital. Of course, I think that they're, you know, I mean, look at hospitals as far as energetics. Yeah, I hate the hospitals. They're really heavy. Totally, especially cancer cancer hospitals. There's one by me. I swear I can see like black plumes coming out of the top of it. <laughs> oh, that's the crematorium in the basement. No, it's not real. <laughs> I'm just saying that's like the psychic crematorium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
there was a movie called, um, with Michael J. Fox, it was called The Frighteners. And he came, he could see spirits and he came upon, came up to a haunted house and it was like, it was, it looked to him as if it was, he was looking through a fire at, at it. It was kind of interesting. That's kind of how I see the, the hospital. I'm wondering through all this though, by chance, if we've had any phone calls yet. Oh, we lost Raw. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone. I haven't really told anyone to call in. Definitely call in. I think during the whole last hour when we have our guests, by the way, I think we should take calls as they come yeah. that include our guests. Where's Raw, though? Come back. There he is. There he is. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. My, my internet disconnected. That is it. Those darn <laughs> demons. Jesus. Oh, that reminds <laughs> me. That just totally reminded me. I saw a movie. Yeah, yeah. I saw this movie this week called Necrotronic. It was an Australian movie about a software company that put out a, uh, an app that interfaced with these these necropods. They call these basically. <laughs> it was basically Pokemon for ghosts. So through the app, you go around and you hunt ghosts, and you click the screen and it. it somehow absorb the ghost into the system. But the, the whole point of it was that they could, they could transfer demons through the internet to these necropods into the people with the app because they've agreed to it in terms of service. Well, it, you know, these are contracts and it's, yeah. you know, the more I think about contracts too, you know, the, the idea of contracts gets my rebel gene going. Like, like, fuck you. I'm exactly the same. I didn't sign anything. But even though, you know, so they come at us, and this is all, this hits all levels, and it's stupid I have to say that, especially with someone like Raw here. But, you know, the physical contract has a spiritual layer to it, and you know, the energetic layer and all that. And so it's just, just the idea of having to use something and by using it, an app or whatever, a service that you're in a contract and, oh my God, as I said that, my Doombeck drum across the room, again, this is the second time with it. Nothing's over there. It just fell on the stuff on it. You pissed somebody off, someone you have a contract with, probably. Oh, shite. Oh, my God. I, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm absolutely speechless. I had Montana Jordan here clearing out the house of stuff. And uh, this, this, this room I'm in hat is where a lot of the activity seems to go on. And I just Probably witnessed your this mother. in person. No, my mother wouldn't do that. She, she would not. <laughs> and that's just not one of the things, right, Raw? It's not one of the things. Holy crap. I'm sorry, people. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by that. I'm gonna actually pick it up, so I'll be I'll be right back. Well, so yeah, if anybody wants to call in and tell a story or ask questions or just be us and say hi. The number's in the chat. What time you close at eleven? <sighs> Whatever. 30 minutes. I, I would like to go two hours, which is 30 minutes from now. So we started late. I think, so Soul Traveler, I think it's North Fulton Hospital, Cherokee County. 
Nobody. Nobody. Pass us out. <laughs> so I'm going to answer a question. Oh, someone asked before in chat. I'll bring this up. You were talking about the Kabbalah and the Zohar and whatnot. And yeah. Trying to find what she said. Someone said that, and I agree with her, Juda Judaism is not a spiritual practice per se, like Christianity is. I got to find it. She was, she was disagreeing with you. Who was disagreeing with who? Um, she was disagreeing with me? Yes. There it is. Oh, it's spiritual. I'm not saying it's not spiritual. Here's what she said. Uh, that real Judaism is not spiritual or mystical. Kabbalah and Zohar is not it. Hebrew is not easily translated correctly. I don't think she's just arguing. I'm saying there's a certain side of Judaism that people practice Jewish mysticism, a form of Kabbalah. It's not all of right. Judaism. Right, 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 right. But there's certain... That's what <laughs> I thought. Can't be you can't deny that uh, a, a great portion of the elite of of the Jewish community, like the the Hasid movement, and most of the influential rabbis are practicing Kabbalah. So, I mean, how else do you want to cut it? I mean, and when you're doing Kabbalah, you're doing a sort of mental gymnastics with secret codes and formulas, and you're trying to bring the redemption for the Jewish race. That's the whole purpose of Kabbalah, is you're doing this practice to bring uh, an acceleration to change the universe and bring a redemption for the Jews. That's the whole reason why Kabbalah exists. I mean, do your research. That's what they well, do it for. So according to Tim Rifat, if you watch his series on Kabbalah, that the, the, the whole thing is set up as a meat grinder, a soul-sucking, destroying thing. So once you get involved with it, it draws you through the tree of life and deposits you in the reverse tree of life, which is the clopathic tree, and you become basically an NPC soul. I agree with a lot with what he's talking about. I, I know you really should watch it because basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I know that's why it's amazing. Because he's but in he's his idea of the reversal of it, Jerry, isn't it if you reverse it, it isn't that the way well, to do it? Well, that's what he says. Is that the tree of life as presented in, in the Kabbalah, and especially like in Kenneth, Kenneth Anger, Kenneth Grant. What's the guy's name who worked with Crowley? Kenneth Grant. He, he had like the, the Starfire <laughs> yeah, rituals so, and the Cult of Lamb. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. So one of his books is like The Dark Side of Eden or the, I forget what it, it talks about the reverse, the back of the, the tunnels of Set, which is the back of the tree of life. Anyway, what he explains throughout the series, if you, you watch it, is that the tree of life that's pre that's presented in the way the the Kabbalah is laid out is is in reverse. It's 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 supposed to be looked at as if you were looking at it from your eyes. So it's what's on the page is the opposite of what it truly is, and that's what's this inversion, which was apparently done on purpose to entrap people in it <laughs> energetically. That that it's all backwards. It's really you got to watch it all. I can't even do Let's justice. Check it out. And I put that link in the show notes in Discord. Still no but it, it goes. It still goes with the idea of what many of us have been talking about for years now, that something feels 
like an inversion reality has taken place since maybe 2012. I, you know, I, I don't pinpoint the time. The timelines are so weird. But where things feel like, you know, I think some people are called, I've called it the upside down world. I like the idea of the inversion, you know, through the looking glass kind of stuff, symbology. Myself. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to say goodbye here to, to Ra. So Ra. Yeah. Come back in and give us, give everyone the, the deets baby on where they can find you and all that closing stuff since you have to leave soon. Yeah. Also everybody, you can find me at the mystical spiral.com. You can also find me at patreon.com slash the mystical spiral. I do readings. I have tensor tools, crystals, um, everything you could possibly need to start your shamanistic, shamanistic journey. Um, you can also find me on Saturday nights on Truth Frequency Radio from 7 to 9 Eastern. And you can find me there at tfrlive.com slash eye of raw. And also, I'm a reverend for Lori Bruno um, based out of St. Louis, Massachusetts, the Church of, of um, Our Lady and Lord Lori. of the Holy Trinacrian. Rose. Uh, yes. So uh, you guys support Lori Bruno as well at magica.org. It's M-A-G-I-K-A dot org. Um, she needs your support. Um, so definitely you guys could find me there. I want to have Lori on in October on Nox Mente. Will you, can you line that up? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll line that up with you. I, I, I talk to her, her frequently on the phone all the time. She's, she's going through a lot because her husband's on dialysis and she's going to be 80 years old soon. So she's uh she's I know awesome, she's man. a res an elder. Yeah. Do you know she she worked at NASA in 1960 alongside Werner von Braun when she was 19 years old. I did know I've listened to her interview. I'm a, such a huge fan of hers, and that aspect alone is everything about her is so juicy. And then yeah. you know the Stragori stuff. She is a respected elder, and uh, you know that's why I want to honor her on Nox Mente. Yeah, it was an honor for them making me a, a reverend of their and uh, of their church, you know, and it's really an honor, you know, because uh, our her bloodline, my bloodline, we're we're a dying breed. All of our bloodlines are very, very few oral traditions still exist like that in uh in 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 the Strege underground, if you want to say it's yes, it's it's very very small. Yeah, it's a shame. I think that's probably true in a lot of society. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame in America, you know, we're all disconnected from our past pretty much over here. That's why, you know, Each people other. are more dedicated in China and Russia to their, their establishment because they're like deep rooted there. You know, no one, no one has too much attachments to the United States, you know, too much. To, it's like pretty much people have only been here a couple hundred years, not thousands and thousands, you know. Well, if I ever get hand fasted again or you know, married, whatever, have you and look at it, I'm going to have you do it. Definitely. It, of course, <laughs> that it, there's going to take some act of some volcano erupting <laughs> and the right person or something. But I mean, I want you to do it. For sure. I would be honored. Right. So Just this like is I was honored for you guys having me on. Tonight. Yes. Thank you so much for being part of our experiment. Hopefully I can we, do this. We love you. Do you Ron. I know Knox meant that you don't really re do repeat guests too much, but. Hopefully with this, we, you can do more repeat guests. Definitely. Definitely. 
Yes, we, we love you. And you are so valuable to the community. You have so much information that I'm glad things are, you've, you're focusing on that now, yeah. you know, because I follow you. So I know that, that you've made that jump. And, uh, you know, thank you for spending a time. And we definitely need to bring you back into the fold again. More raw is better for yeah, everyone. Thank you. I, I should, you guys should come on my show in like October. I have some in October. I'm going to have more, some more other guests on. I have, I have two bookings for September and uh, maybe October. I can have you guys on. Come book the, us. Show on my show. Except yeah, book not us. on the 19th. It's you a Saturday night. With- on the 19th is a Saturday night. I will be in Nashville at the Strange Reality. Right, we'll we'll work it out, though. Okay. Yeah, let's get that done, though. Let's book it. I'd love to come on. For sure. Very cool nice. Have you guys on. Thanks again, everybody. It's, it's been an honor. Um, And spiral out. All right, later. Yes. Goodbye. Well, since well this was a yeah. fantastic first show, Jer. Yeah, it didn't suck. Not at all. Of course, it wouldn't suck with raw. <laughs> and it's too bad though we can't get people call it. Call us. We want to hear your stories. We want the woo. We want the love. Get. We'll take the hate too. I mean, bring it on. Yeah, we love hate mail, especially well, on cruising with steak. I mean, that's like a major part of the abolis. We want to get interactive with people, so right. don't be shy. Right. Right. It doesn't matter if you saw an alien in the woods or Bigfoot or got abducted. We want to hear it. Yeah. I mean, of course, we're actually uh, empathetic to all that. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next month with a new show. We're going to do a 9-11 show on 9-11 so with uh, Michael Joseph. That should be pretty interesting. For the obelisk. For yeah. The obelisk. So next yeah. week, who do we have lined up for? Oh, next week on next Monday, we have um, Ted. Ted, what's his face? Ted Mar? I think it's Ted Mar. Yay. Uh, yeah, I looked down the line and you've lined up some really great guests, of course. Yeah, Ted Mar. He's the host of Out of This World Radio in Seattle, a show in Seattle. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's, have to, I'm going to binge him. He's a medium. Um, oh, sp- I know who he is. talker kind of guy, clears houses, all that. Yep, and then we've got like a hardcore. Yes. Oh, I actually. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, he's fantastic. I somehow through I think Twitter I found him. Maybe he followed. I don't know. Maybe. I, I've. I don't know. He's fascinating. He's interesting. He's a five D five D Earth guy. So just FYI, <laughs> trigger warning. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> after after that we have MJ Benias, who's a UFO ufologist writer. He wrote part of the. Um, <laughs> He wrote or edited Reframing the Debate, that book that Greg Bishop. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know if Kutchin wrote it. But anyway, he's real interesting. I can't wait to talk to him either. So that's on Knox Monday. And then we have Sticks, Hexenhammer, Sticks, I think. Hex, yep. And William Ramsey yep. and Leo Zagami and Jordan Maxwell. We're going to squeeze in there somewhere because I talked to him yesterday. He's going to come back on. We just have to figure out a date. He's like our, he's, he's our sacred elder and we are going to get him on. Yeah, we need to. I went to talk to him. So. Thank you, Jerry. This was great. Our inaugural role. Thank, thank you. Nish. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone. We'll talk to you next week, next month.